Hare Krishna. Welcome to Sankirtan On, where by giving we grow. This is your host, Ananda Marari Das. Today, I had the great pleasure of sitting down with His Grace Shastra Krit Prabhu, a devotee now based out of Atlanta, Georgia, where he is serving full-time with his wife. They've just recently opened a cafe, uh, as well as daily book distribution. I think for many, if you haven't met Shastrakit Prabhu in person, you've seen him online distributing sets uh, and stacks and stacks of books to people from all different backgrounds and connecting with people in, in a consistent and steady way. Uh, he makes the point in our conversation that 50% of book distribution is giving someone a book and, and the whole other 50% left is is taking care of those people. And my experience with Shastrakrit Prabhu is by his deep humility and dedication and the simplicity of his heart, uh, he's creating an atmosphere that's very attractive for people to come to Krishna consciousness as well as to continue nourishing that seed of bhakti situated within their heart. So it was a very wonderful and uplifting conversation and I'm happy to share it with you all today. Thank you again so much for listening. And please subscribe and send this to devotees that you know and share this as much as possible. We want to create a momentum that not only is Sangratan what we do on the streets, but Sangratan is how we live our life. And so we're very grateful to have this platform and opportunity. Please do comment, send us any information or any stories that you have of your own Sangerton experiences, we'd love to share those in these podcasts. This is a place where we can share that inspiration as well as come closer to the process itself of book distribution. Again, thank you for listening. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. This is Sangerton On. This is your host, Ananda Marai Das. Thank you for joining us. I'm here with a very wonderful devotee who uh, I'm very happy to meet. Also myself, we were just talking that, you know, we feel like we've both known each other peripherally through the grapevine of ISKCON, but we've never actually been able to talk in person. So I'm very happy to be here with uh, His Grace Shastra Krit Prabhu. He's based out of Atlanta, Georgia. And for many years now, he's been dedicated and invested in the Sangerton movement of, of Lord Chaitanya. And so I feel very privileged to be able to be with you today, Prabhu, and to be able to speak to you and 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 pick your brain a little bit. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> thank you for having me and likewise the privilege and honor to meet you. Oh. So you from from what I know, you were um you were based out of LA for a long time. Is that correct? Yes, Prabhu. You're based out of LA and then recently moved or a few years ago moved to uh, Georgia. Yes. What's kind of, could you give kind of like a, an overview for people? I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure people have seen many, I know for myself, I've seen a lot of, uh, of your book distribution videos, like kind of, uh, demonstrations of book distribution. And, and you've, you've set such a nice example for how to distribute books in a very thoughtful and, and, uh, and kind of progressive way. So I think many devotees have probably heard of you, but if you could give kind of, you know, just a background a little bit of a little bit of where you came from, how you got connected with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Yes, so I was in New Zealand um, 
teenager. We moved there, uh, our whole family. And I was going to, you know, school and part-time jobs and like that. So I, I met the devotees there. Mm. My roommate um, used to go to the loft uh, mm. for the kirtans and he would come home with halava and custard and incense and books and like that. Even though I grew up in a, you know, Sri Vaishnava family, I was kind of, you know, so focused on, you know, enjoying and experiencing, you know, the first world country and mm. partying and like that. So my mercy of my spiritual master, Deva Murtha Maharaj, came into our studio that we were living in, in the form of books and prasad. And then he took me, my roommate, his name happened to be Krishna. Wow. He, he took me to the Sunday feast. And I was amazed because here I was trying to, you know, become a Kiwi. Uh, imitate the uh, New Zealanders, but the, the Kiwis are, you know, wearing sari and dhoti and wooden sandals and, you know, they're like Vaishnavas. And one, many of them I learned from Bhagavad Gita and I felt ashamed. Like I said, you know, I, sh- you know, I should be, you know, more doing better than this, like this. Mm-hmm. So, and then... I met my spiritual master through the devotees. And, you know, then, as they say, rest is history. Uh. So, you know, with this purity and potency and strict uh, teachings, he, you know, he pretty much told me, like, I should be assisting him in spreading uh, Sankirtan movement instead of being selfishly, like, wasting my life in, Mm. you know, animalistic, propensity. So he sent me as a brahmachari to New Zealand. Mm. I mean, excuse me, to LA from New Zealand. And, you know, I was there in LA for like almost 17 years. And as you know, LA is famous for book distribution, the BPTs right there, Rukmini Dwaratadish and the community and like that. And I was... You know, so I served under His Grace Sawas Prabhu, who's a first-class manager, book distributor, and of course, I had the privilege of associating with great personalities like Vaisheshika Prabhu and Brugupati Prabhu and Vijay Prabhu and Sachitana. So, in other words, you know, my faith uh, in book distribution and BBT and Prabhupada's books and the ISKCON society kind of became very, you know, strong after um, meeting all the, you know, exalted Vaishnavas and living in the LA community. Mm. And then um, when I wanted to transition and get married like that, uh, my spiritual master has a project in Philly. Mm. Uh, Philadelphia, my god sister is doing wonderful service there, outreach work, Mangalarati Mataji uh, in Philly. So I moved there to assist her, but then the weather was too cold for my frail South Indian <laughs> body. I mean, I, I've never seen snow before. Yeah. Literally, I, I freaked out when I saw snow one day outside my window for the first time. 
Wow. And, it, was, it, know, was only, it was only theoretical at that point. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you know, you always hear about Prabhupada, how Prabhupada saw the snow for the first time and like that. But it kind of hit me when I actually myself, you know, living in L.A. weather was like paradise. But then Philly, like six months, was freezing. And so I, I you know, I couldn't do like street Sankirtan. So I, I asked my Guru Maharaj about this and he said he is actually at the stage uh, going to become GBC for Atlanta. Huh. So he... Uh, me if I would like to go to Atlanta and he said there's a lot of um, nice Indian communities here and a lot of ripe African Americans that are thinking you know in terms of yoga meditation philosophy so he said it'll be it's a good weather as well it's like similar to Florida weather mm. so like that and you know I'm here. We got married, uh, my wife and I, a couple of years ago. We have a little baby. But, you know, by the example of and teachings of, you know, my spiritual master Prabhupada, Bhakti Siddhanta, of course, Vaisheshika Prabhu, we didn't want to just get a nine to five job. We wanted to use all this 20 plus years of experience we got from living in the temple just. Mm. You know, to continue doing something Krishna conscious, like Brahminical activity. Mm. And of course, from experience and teachings and faith, we, we know Krishna will maintain us. And sure enough, you know, Krishna is giving more and more facility and projects. So that's in a nutshell how I'm here. Yeah. Wow. So did you, were you living in the ashram at all in New Zealand? Yes, yes. So... Um, they have this contemporary men's ashram. When yeah. I first came along, it was 1998, something like that. At that stage, my Gurmaj didn't have a Brahmachari ashram, but they had a men's ashram. It's mm-hmm. like a working men's ashram. Yeah. And um, there is this uh, senior god brother, my god brother Mahavan Prabhu. So he rented a big house and he would take under his wing whoever's new coming along. So I was one of his first batch of bhaktas. Mm. And Maharaj Devamrita Maharaj didn't establish Brahmacharya Ashram at that point. So I was sent to LA, but I was living in Ashram, but just it's like more like a bhakta program. Yeah. And very quickly, you know, I wanted to follow Kela Tirtha Prabhu. I don't know if you heard of him. Mm. It's a, a god brother of mine, he was a number one book distributor in LA and he was also like joined in New Zealand. He joined in, he's from Sydney, he joined in, you know, he spent time in New Zealand then he got sent to LA mm. and he was doing like hundred uh, big books a day at the airport. So Maharaj would often talk to me about him. He said, oh, you know, Luke, Bhakta Luke, Kelatit. At that time he was just, Luke, he's doing hundred books, you know. How many can you do like that, you know? Wow. So I wanted to follow him, his lead and his association. But unfortunately, the day I landed in L.A., he got, uh, for some small reason, visa reasons, he got, you know, moved on from, because immigration moved him. And he went to London to do Sankirtan in London. So. Wow. 
so that's uh, the, yeah. In New Zealand, spent like a year in the ashram. Huh. So when you when you came to LA, there was already this vacuum that you you uh, you were able to fill with your book distribution. I was small time, but very quickly I I learned the ropes from you know His Grace Brigupati Prabhu and other Sankirtan devotees. I had no idea there is like a van full of devotees going out full time uh. and there's unlimited books available in this book room and there's your name is read, your scores are read to the deities daily, and you had a quota, and all this, there's a mantra, and they dressed up nicely, and they signed the books, and the whole thing. So I had no idea. In New Zealand, I had this desire to do books, but then when I came to LA, it was like, first it was kind of overwhelming, but then just following whatever the senior devotees were doing, it just kind of became like, you know, natural, and then following the warp tour and the concerts and going to colleges, and also just like others, I was doing fifty, sixty books a day, which became like a normal thing. Yeah. But when I came, I was just like so, you know, brand new, and I've never met a Prabhupada disciple other than my Guru Maharaj when I first came to LA. Mm-hmm. But the, every other person there was a Prabhupada disciple. Yeah. I was like. It was an amazing experience, like going from a little pond to an ocean. <laughs> yeah. So, so this was. It's just kind of it's um. It's very amazing when, as as, you know, living entities, uh, this. When we're picked up by the devotees, we're picked up and put into situations, and we start to thrive. And so book distribution was something that you had a desire to do, but you weren't so much you weren't doing so much, but then just being in the association of all these devotees in LA, it just caught fire and you were you were going out and, and you were, I mean, a top book distributor in North America. And I think still. Is that true? Is that correct? You're still kind of you're still doing a lot of book distribution. I'm still the I don't know about top distributor, but I'm I'm still hanging in there. I still go out every day as yeah. much as possible. And yes. Also, with starting this cafe, our dream is to have people come and then we want to give them like full sets uh, of Bhagavatam to them. Yeah. And I wanted to be in a position to be able to just give and give and give. So that's why I wanted to do this like small business where it attract people and Lakshmi and that way I'm just like giving and you know as you know and as far as Shishika Prabhu says when you're doing the yagna when you're doing book distribution Lakshmi will come so uh. I know it's very pleasing to my spiritual master to distribute sets of books so I'm, I'm still doing it but yes but I don't see myself as a top anything. <laughs> so, th- so this you, you mentioned the cafe, and we were speaking a little bit before the show. But this cafe that you just opened, could you kind of describe what what that setup is that you have out there in Georgia, and what the what your what the restaurant kind of looks like? What's I mean, you kind of explained a little bit the vision just now. It's like you want to have a place where people can come. And it's just they're they're attracted for one thing, and then they also receive books. They receive Prabhupada's mm-hmm. books. But kind of what what's your setup and what's what's going on for people that aren't aware? Yeah, so it's an interesting facility. It's a historic property. Uh, it's been there for like 
when we first moved in, it was 108 years old. Now it's like 111 year old building. And it's like a work and live kind of zoning mm. where our family, we just live in the back and in the front. Um, we remodeled it to look like a kind of a cafe looking. Huh. And and also we uh, added on a commercial kitchen, wow. which was very difficult. It was not easy. It was like a 18-month ordeal because with the historic property, they don't give easily like permits to renovate. Yeah. And dealing with the contractors and winter and COVID and we had the baby and so it was like, uh, we went through a lot, but but I'm glad it's all over now. And uh, we're in a kind of a corner. We're on a main street. Mm. We're like we just have a sign outside, like just vegan food. You know, Wednesday through Sunday. Just that attracts like people to just park the car and come running in. Wow! And when they come in, you know, they're like, "Oh, this smells amazing!" And you know, they start chatting, and you know, we tell them. You know, a little bit of a philosophy. Like the other day, I made a post. I don't know if you saw this big, tall, white Southern cop lady came in. She's like massive. And I thought, like, we're going to get ticketed or something, you know? Yeah. I was like, but she actually came to check us out. She wanted to eat. So she loved the food, and we gave her different samples of the mango neck mango lassi and ginger tea and you know all these things she loved everything because we didn't spice it too much and we used good ingredients yeah. and then at the end i gave her books and then when she saw gita and she's like oh you guys got great food and you got god she wow. said do you have space in your backyard can i camp out in your backyard because you got you know, two of the things, uh, you know, I live for wow. God, uh, God and good food. And then she sent one of her colleagues, another African-American cop, like really tall, like, you know, he came and he also like, just give me everything. Just give me, it's like, what can we give you? Just give me everything, you know? Wow. And then because he's a cop and he's coming for the first time, I wanted to offer some kind of discount. I said, just give a donation. He just gives me 50 bucks. Wow. And what I gave him was not even like $20 worth, you know? Yeah. And then again, I gave him books. He's like, I need it. I need it, you know? So we are seeing that people want friends. People want healthy food. That's, you know, even our mailman comes in every day to get healthy food. And of course, when we tell him like, meditation you know we have kirtan meditation was like packed house so yeah so something related brahmanical activity Prabhupada said do kirtan prasad distribution book distribution so we're trying to do all this even though we are householders and you know we don't have so much time whatever we are able to we're just trying to stay in the fire but yeah. Krishna is reciprocating and and is it is it just you and your wife that are running the restaurant or, or do you have other devotees that are also helping? What's the team look like? Yeah, so before we started the place, I've been, we've been here for a couple of years, like two and a half years. And 
I was going out every day, meeting people, and we were having events and like that. So we kind of developed a small group, huh. maybe like 10, 12 ladies and men, like locals, Americans. Yeah. So the whole time they were excited uh, to be part of this Prasadam project. Huh. So we are open five days a week. So they take turns to come help with the cut up and dishes and like that. And my wife and I, we are the only cooks. Huh. And the, you know, the other help, uh, assisting the people help. And also at this stage, we are not that busy. So it's still like manageable. Yeah. Uh, but when we grow, uh, I may have to seek help from other devotee cooks and like that, you know. That's my dream is to have a guest facility and a kirtan hall nearby and an ashram space where like mm -hmm. men and women. So, but since we, you know, we didn't have much, we're just starting humbly with whatever we are given. But, yeah. uh, you know, the dream is there. Wow. And and what was your, because you, you mentioned already a few times and, and since we're just kind of coming out of the wake of the budget campaign, what is, you mentioned about uh, distributing Bhagavatam sets, that this has been, this has been a focus for you. What, what is your experience in distributing Bhagavatam sets? And, and I guess the follow-up question was, how was budget Purnim for you? What was, what was that like? Yes, Badra Purnim was extraordinary. I mean, Krishna's mercy that, you know, I, I couldn't supply enough sets. Uh, you know, I was uh, getting so many opportunities. Uh, but unfortunately, like I kind of, um, you know, with my limited vision, I didn't have that much in stock uh, wow. but in other words it was it was fantastic i was sold out and i had to go back and give people books even after badra purnima sets um, that i couldn't give it to them during that time because you know i ran out and it takes like five days for the shipment to come and so it was it was really good on the on the day of badra purnim um uh, you know, I think we distributed like 13 sets. Wow. Um, and what was that question about book uh, set distribution? Sorry, can you refresh my... Yeah, so I, I guess I guess my question is, um, because many devotees, when it comes to, you know, Bhajra Purnima has, I think, had this effect to kind of bring into the limelight uh, the importance of distributing Prabhupada's books in sets. Uh, as well as the, you know, we, we've had the, with the devotees from the Harinam Ashram and just kind of, they're becoming quite famous for the distribution of sets and different stacks of books. But I, I, I still can tell sometimes and, and just, and I've seen it in myself, the hesitation that could be in devotees' hearts and minds for, you know, who's going to be, who's going to want to take a full set of Bhagavatams? Who's going to want to take a full set of books? So what what kind of is your what's your meditation when it comes to distributing Bhagavatam sets, and and what's the what's the uh, response when you go out to do that? 
You see, my my experience is that the attachment to the results is what actually kills the enthusiasm. Mm. I'm kind of, in a sense, I'm not. I'm no longer competing with anyone. I'm just a householder, and I'm, whatever I do, you know, is is great. I'm just a fallen person, like in that kind of mindset. Mm. I'm just doing. A, you know, I, I'm not feeling overwhelmed anymore. Like, oh, you know, I got to prove this one and mm. to that one. And, you know, I'm in this ashram and I'm wearing this color. And, you know, like, I'm not, you know, whatever. Main thing is my Guru Maharaj said, don't nickel and dime people with small books. Give them full sets of Prabhupada's books. Mm. So I'm not attached in the sense to the, to the Lakshmi. Because mm. that's what... I mean, people want Bhagavatam sets. People mm. will take Bhagavatam sets, but it's like we wouldn't give it to them because of the, the Lakshmi factor. Mm. But what I noticed is over the years, when when we give out the books, the Lakshmi comes. It's not the other way around. It's not like mm. waiting for Lakshmi to come and then we give books. Mm. So pretty much... I order books every week, sets every week. I just go and set up. I take a specific chair just to display a Bhagavatam set. Mm. And I'm sitting with the picture of the Guru Parampara and I'm just praying. And I'm in the mood of like, please send somebody to take, you know, let me find home for these Mm. books. Mm. So people come and, you know, they're like blown away. And they can see, okay, at least Americans have a business sense. Okay, you know, this looks beautiful. And at least they want to give like $10 for a book and there are 18 books. Mm. So even if they just say like, oh, can I just give you just like a $100 donation or can I give you a $50 donation? You, you still give it to me? I said, sure. There are people that are sending me PayPal for months and months and months and months after they got a Bhagavatam set from me and they just gave me $20. But now they're sending me like $100 a month. Wow. And it's not even, I'm not even following up. I'm not even asked them anything. They're actually reading the book. There is this lady that comes. Every time she reads the book, she sends me a cash app. Wow. <laughs> so it's Lakshmi is not the problem. The books have to go out and... I'm happy to pay up. In other words, I'm happy to, you know, invest. Like I'll put the put it on my credit card and I'll give out the books. And sure enough, you know, Krishna sends way way more than the cost of the books, mm. like ten times more, fifty times more. Mm. So Lakshmi is the least considered. But you know, I'm not. I'm not. You know, recommending. You know, I don't want to create any controversy like people, you know, I have this old school idea like, oh, what about this and what about that? And it's not like I'm not saying we shouldn't ask, mm. you know, we shouldn't if you're if you're really good at it and you want to get double BBT or triple BBT, go for it. But if you're not, you're never the loser. If you just let the books go and the Lakshmi mm. will come. So I'm I'm displaying the books. I'm sitting in front of Parampara. I'm just praying, like, please send someone to take. As you can see from the posts they make, it's like every other day somebody takes a Bhagavatam set. Mm. 
And Lakshmi is it's not like I'm never like running short or like broke or yeah. I'm I'm disappointed somebody took advantage of me. It's not like that. It's just Krishna is so happy. I mean Bhakti Siddhant says, you know, you're a Vaishashika Prabhu Disab, I don't need to tell you, but mm. this service is so dear to the Parampara and Krishna and the Lakshmi comes. Mm. So that's what slows down devotees have seen is that you know, oh my God, you know, I can't give them book because they're not going to pay me. Mm. But I'm saying for myself, you let the books go, they will let take whatever they're paying you and Krishna sends more and more and more and more. Mm. So we have to develop that faith or pray. Uh, I'm not saying I'm an extraordinary faith, but I'm also, as I'm going along, I'm seeing like, you know, just distribute the books. Uh, Lakshmi will come. Mm. You know, just find the sincere people and encourage them to read. They will give their whole life. And Krishna said, what to speak a couple of hundred dollars? That's like yeah. nothing. So what what are some of what are, what have some of the experiences been? Because as you said, it's just like it's almost a barber time every day. Barber time said, and I mean, how exhilarating is that? What are some of the experiences that you've had? Stories, perhaps that that of people receiving these books. Just kind of a, as, as some devotees call it, Krishna miracles or Krishna magic. Do you have any of these stories? Yeah, I mean, the experience is that, you know, it's so ecstatic. It's just, you know, Anandam, Bodhi, Vardhanam is like mm. the exact experience, what we're looking for. Sometimes you can't even fall asleep. And I share these videos and pictures with my Guru Maharaj and just to, hear him you know ecstatic his response you know it's like kind of becomes becomes addictive and like I said I gave to this old older person he is in his late 60s mm. uh, actually one devotee had health issues and you know his gurmars told him to distribute Bhagavatam set so he gave me a set to distribute mm. And I gave it to this gentleman. He's older African-American from San Francisco. He's in the devotees. He's taken prasad like that. Mm. But, you know, it's one of those people you think he is never going to open the set and read. He can't mm. even say my name, Shastra Kut. How is he going to read like 18,000 slokas of blah, blah. But anyways, you know, that's none of my business. You know, it's up to the individual soul and Krishna. Uh. It's not my position to judge. So... I was just, you know, he came and I gave him nice prasad and and I gave him the set of books and he's just writing all these purports in his long text messages about mm. how impersonalism is bogus and he was missing out this point of bhakti yoga and he's really looking forward to having supper with us and in gratitude he wanted to send like, you know, $100, $150. This is like regular basis and this uh, happened in February you know wow. and like I told you there's another lady that comes and every time you know it's like these are all people that you would think they're not going to read the Gita or Bhagavatam mm. they're like southerners and they can't even pronounce any Sanskrit and mm. you know they're like just like you know, you like generally you would think like, you know, ordinarily speaking, they don't fit the description of mm. 
you know, who, you know, who's going to read and they chant. Don't, they don't fit the expectations of the mind, of the yes. mind. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. But, you know, they're reading the books and they write down and they come and ask questions. And like, like I said, in the last couple of years, about 12, 13 people, they have become, you know, chanting 16 rounds and coming, mm. you know, doing service just from, from the book table. Mm. So it is, the process is working as long as we're not in the way, you know, like mm. I'm not in the way. Mm. What, I mean, it sounds to me like there's a lot of, and this is always, you know, and this is a big conversation in and of itself in terms of how do we, how do we really show up in this world as a movement and, um, you know, presenting everything as it's been given to us and at the mm-hmm. same time, you know, staying relevant and connecting with all types of people, right? Just recently hearing this idea in a podcast where, you know, that as as devotees, as, as you know, it's sometimes there's this conversation of like, okay, Western preaching, you know, this preaching, that preaching, but really Prabhupada's vision was a house for everyone to be a part of, right? Mm-hmm. So, so what to speak of just kind of um, demographically how, how our centers, how our communities should represent at least what the kind of the locality around us right? Mm -hmm. Of all different types of people, people from Indian origin, people from European origin, um, South American, African, whatever, right? How, how do you, and it sounds to me as though that this is kind of, I mean, you're, you're, you're connecting with people of the local area. You're, you're connecting with people that they maybe haven't heard of Bhagavatam, you know, their whole life growing up and now they're reconnected. Maybe some people are, but at the same time, I also hear that you're connecting with people that are getting Bhagavatam for the first time mm-hmm. ever. So what is, what is your approach? How, how, do you, um, how do you connect with, with all of these people? What's some insight you have on connecting with these people? Well, fortunately, I had some training because, you know, every devotee, um, how, whatever training he or she gets, in the beginning days, that's kind of makes us. Mm. You know, I've seen like you know, which uh, you know, how whatever the devote, the new bhaktas here is the most important thing. That's what they get into, and that's what they do over mm. and over. So, luckily, I was trained from the beginning um, in the contemporary men's ashram, my guru Maharaj's outreach events like that how to, you know, make it easy for people. Like my Guru Maharaj says, like, we make it easy for them to come, easy for them to stay, and easy for them to grow, and like that, you know. Mm. So luckily I had the, I had the training of, you know, how, how to, you know, I'm not perfect, but, you know, at least I've seen the, in exalted devotees, um, how they talk to people and how they introduce um, books to people and how, you know, they make it uh, easy for people. And of course, 
you know, Yasya Prasadat, Bhagavad Prasad, Yasya Prasadat, Nagati Kutopi. In the back of my mind, I know, like, you know, the spiritual master is pleased. Mm. Uh, nothing else matters, what color they are, or what, what language or financial status or what gender, like, that's none of my business. I know on behalf of my spiritual master, I, I got a read the books. Like my Guru Maharaj says, it's only 50% of the service to give the books out. The other mm-hmm. 50% of the service is hold their hand and uh, walk them through the books. Mm-hmm. Which is like, <clears throat> you know, the important and difficult part. Even Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, I read um, once, uh, he says it's like to, to, in, to invite people to come and not take care of them is like illicit sex and the babies come and you're not mm. being a responsible parent something like wow. that so I know as a service to my spiritual master I you know like Ralnad Maharaj says you see every guest as you know representative of Krishna and they're mm. your guru's guest even while cooking my wife and I we try to have this meditation just cook like your guru's coming to eat for lunch mm. or just cook like you go, it's for you, you know. So in other words, no refined sugar, no maida, mm-hmm. no cheap oil. Not, don't cut short, you know, mm-hmm. like just just get into it. Just do the best you can. And, you know, again, Lakshmi Krishna will send and people will see the quality. So in other words, as a service to the spiritual master, you try to relate to everyone, even though, I'm a foreigner and, you know, I don't know many of the things that they know. And I just try my best to relate to them. Mm. And people feel nowadays everybody is like lonely and bored and depressed and cheated. So when they see that, oh, this person doesn't want anything from me and he's genuine, this, you know, that just like strikes them. Just that, Mm. you know, fact that you they can have a friend itself is like a big deal nowadays and you giving and giving and giving like beads and books and prasad and CDs and mm-hmm. posters and message them and answer their call and you know it's like unheard of actually mm-hmm. so just as we see them as our spiritual masters guests and, mm-hmm. and just treat them how you would treat yeah that's wonderful it's it and and it's it's such a it's amazing how uh i mean even in psychology they talk about this idea of um uh, i'm trying to think of i'm trying to remember the term but it's essentially the idea of you know uh if i'm if i'm for instance if i'm studying in a certain place right then it's easier to recall that thing that i was studying in that place Right, so I'm relating this idea, you know, that type of uh, feeling that one can have in the presence of the spiritual master, in the presence of the pure devotees, and and to uh, evoke that type of consciousness, right, to wherever we're at, where where it's this in in this interaction, right. And I've heard of devotees when they when they hand a book, you know, uh, to somebody, uh, they meditate that the entire parampara is like holding their arm behind them and just kind of they're the, they're the last extension you know that's kind of 
reaching this person by Krishna's arrangement. Mm-hmm. Just to kind of have that as a meditation. It's very beautiful. Yes, yes. Nicely put. Yes, thank you. Yes, something like that. I was just seeing over the years how my Guru Maharaj deals with guests. Mm. Uh, you know, that I've uh, learned a lot just watching him. Like the last trip, he was here like a year ago. We were going for a morning walk and, you know, some African-American gentleman was jogging, like running by us and said, good morning. And he was like really loud. And my Gurma is also like very vocal. He's like, good morning, like that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I'm chanting Japan. My mind is thinking so many things, you know. You, you know what it's like when you friend of your guru and so many things to ask, so many seva to do when you go back. And So I also said good morning, but it was not. So he turned back and said, did you, he said, good morning. Did you hear? Why didn't, why you're not greeting him back? Like that, you know, like really strict. I said, I, I mean, I said, I, I said, good morning. He said, even, you know, I said, I didn't hear. So in other words, even basic manners, you know. Yeah. And some educated person comes and he was wearing like nice fancy pants, silk pants, and he's like trying to sit cross-legged and he's like completely suffering. And my rumors looked at me like, you know, like, what is this, you know? Mm. Why don't you give him a chair? Generally, you're thinking like, how can only the guru sits in the chair and all this, you know? Yeah. So I had to give him a nice chair and he said like, thank you. Yeah. yeah. So, so many small, small instances where you see, okay, how my Gurmaraj wants us to treat the people. Mm. That way, like we're fortunate to have that, you know, guidance and training. Yeah, this 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 call that the Sangerton mission invites us to really um, serve the whole person, kind of wherever they're at, like to to get to that to get to the soul. Sometimes there can be this, I think, misapplied conception that you know I can't I can't have uh, basic decency because mm-hmm. they're a soul and I'm a soul and we're just going to kind of relate on the spiritual level. But we see at the highest, you know level of, of spiritual interaction you have mm-hmm. this very even in you know in the example of Srila Prabhupada this just the the highest level of respectfulness gentlemanliness you know that that gentleness mm. with which we can treat each other with which we can treat devotees and, and people that aren't yet you know recognizing that they're devotees how important that is so true I was reading some letters Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasadhi Thakur wrote to some of the Englishmen mm. back in England. They were coming, they were favorable, and some of them even wanted to take the role of a president in the Gaudiya Math in, mm. in London, things like that. And he's so generous with them, so kind, and gives them profuse blessings and, you know, encourages them. That's one of the people that Prabhupada would often say, like, he said, oh, you know, to give up illicit sex, meat eating, intoxication, gambling, impossible. Mm. Uh, Zetland, I think. Yeah, yeah, Lord Zetland. Yes. Yeah, so Bhaktisiddhanta is writing to him and he's giving such blessings, such blessings, so fortunate. Mm. What, uh, just as kind of, I'm, I'm thinking, 
we'll have one more kind of question about kind of the the changing world with this this kind of the situation of covid and and how how you're kind of approaching that and then if we could i'd like to just end with a few rapid fire questions how does that sound yes please okay so what i guess and before we get to the rapid fire questions what kind of is your um how has you mentioned a little bit before that you know this place at the the restaurants at the cafe um in this place that you would normally go book distributing it was there's a heavy uh influx of of uh tourists right and and i'm sure that with covid-19 going on it's not so much what how have you kind of adjusted or what what has been different about this year in your approach to Sangerton and and distribution well it's um i feel like krishna is giving more mercy Mm. it's not in terms of like a uh, number of people mm. but just like badra purnima and other devotees experiences like so in other words the book distribution increased even though it's less number of people mm. uh, i feel like people are shaken up you know what they thought you know the world is and how they're going to be so happy and you know this place is beautiful something like that and they were shaken up they don't even know mm. how many months they're going to live or they're going to catch the virus and die that they're like really like that kind of uh, mood and people want some change in consciousness and diet and meditation and they want to see somebody that's still smiling and not like freaking out or mm. you know this pandemic and like that so i felt like a lot of people were opening up that they wouldn't usually open up mm. and they were taking more books um than usual mm. and and also in my situation i was i'm just grateful like there were there were days that i was just grateful that i can just go out and even give out one book mm. because there were so many reasons like you know the police can kick me out mm. even in a place that where all the police used to wave me there was a day that i was so fearful of the police see me what's going to happen like you know like i was just so grateful i was able to give one small book out so in other words I grew personally thinking like you know you can't take it for granted you know whatever in in a sense our days are numbered like mm. you know we have to just take advantage of every opportunity mm. and Krishna was reciprocating when we take risks for him on his behalf I even though I was careful I was you know trying as much as possible to be careful and distant and mm. like that but you know there was a lot of books went out this year uh, and georgia happened to be the last state to go into lockdown and the first state to open up mm. so in terms of strictness it was nothing like what i heard in new york or la or like that you know this state like you know things are going on as usual like so in one sense it was kind of scary times but but just the service went on and krishna reciprocated because we're trying to mm. do our service even in yeah such just, time just continuing on mm-hmm. 
Okay, so we'll we'll have I have five questions here. We'll just go rapid fire. You okay. can answer answer as quickly as you can. And uh, so, first one: What does sankirtan mean? Sankirtan basically means that we are being used as an instrument of compassion hmm. of the Guru Parampara. We just here to give and you know give without holding back just give whatever mercy we were given freely just uh, you know we are debtors to the spiritual master so we have to pay back wonderful Sankirtan is mercy <laughs> so similar question but what does it mean to serve what does it mean to serve um, that's our constitutional position mm. Our constitutional position is that we are actually designed to serve. Mm. But the diseased condition means we want to be served. And as we progress in spiritual life, we become purified and we start serving without uh, expecting anything in mm. return. We just want to give and give and give and give and that's it. We're just satisfied with that. And mm. luckily we have the best thing to give and, you know, something like that. Yeah. Okay. What about a favorite verse? Something that comes to mind? Uh, Prahlad Maharaj's verse, uh, these two verses, famous verses. Naivadduje paraduratya vaitaranyas tadvire gayana mahamrata magna chita. He's, he's worried about this Maya Sukhaya Bharam, the people that are carrying the false burden of mm. hopes of um, enjoying. He says, for as far as he's concerned, he doesn't have any problem for himself. Prayena Deva Moneya Swamukti Kama Swa Vimukti Kama Maunam Shiranti Vijanena Paratanishta Naitan Vihaya Kripana Vimumuksha Eko Nanyam Tvadasya Saranam Brahmatanupas. He said, I don't want to be taking vows of silence and hiding away in Himalayas. I want to be busy. I want to be in the busiest cities where the fools and rascals are in forgetfulness of you mm. and introduce them to Krishna consciousness. Mm. So these are like my favorite verses I chant pretty much every day on Sankirtan. Wonderful. Thank you for also embodying those verses. Um, okay, two last questions. What are you reading these days? I'm reading uh, Bhakti Siddhanta Vaibhava by oh. His Holiness uh, Bhakti Vikas Maharaj. And I finished the first volume. I'm reading the second volume of him sending his disciples to England and corresponding with them and, wow. you know, how ecstatic he is to hear the reports about the, the preaching uh, mission taking mm -hmm. place in, in England and guiding them how to preach to the Westerners who think like you know, Indians were like barbaric or something, like we had no respect. So he was training them to be super humble. Like he said, that's the only way you're going to get to them is like extremely humble, Trinada Pisunichi. And I said, that is the formula to preach. Wow. 
Wonderful. And last question. First past, first, like a pastime of Krishna or Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that comes to mind? Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's pastime come to mind is him uh, reciprocating with the love of this leper Vasudev uh. and how Mahaprabhu came by nearby and left and Vasudev didn't get a chance to meet him, so he fainted and Mahaprabhu came back and embraced him. Uh. And Vasudev got healed and he became so beautiful and he was worried, I'm going to become proud because he was personally healed by the Lord. But Lord Chaitanya said, no, anybody who spreads Krishna consciousness, pride cannot stay in their heart. Hmm. So he just told him, like, you know, just distribute Krishna consciousness. Jai. Thank you so much, Prabhu. It's been such a such a wonderful pleasure being able to speak with you. Thank and, you so much. And thank you for um I'm just I'm I'm having this experience of you that uh I'm I'm just so grateful to to see the um simple hearted and, and sincere way that you've embodied uh all these verses that you've talked about, all of these intentions of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and our Parampara. And thank you for for demonstrating for me just the very shining light of of that of that devotion and, and simple-hearted dedication. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for following up and not giving up on me. I really admire you. You you know you take your time to do this service. It's so wonderful. I'm so much more of passion that you know. <laughs> I wish I can be like you one day. Hare Krishna. Well, thank you for listening to Sangatan On, where by giving we grow. And thank you uh, again for liking and sharing and subscribing to this podcast. Uh, we're here to really bring into the forefront of our recollection that Sangatan is our way of life. It is a family business. It is who we are as followers of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And we have a, we have a great opportunity to distribute this benediction at large. So thank you very much for listening. Hare Krishna. Thank you again for listening to Sankirtan On. Please feel free to subscribe and share with your friends for regular updates and inspirational stories on how by giving we grow. Thank you for sharing this time with us. All glories to Srila Prabhupada.